I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for Sunday next before Advent, the last in a series of 26 homilies for Trinity season. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The musical theme is the fourth verse of Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, performed by Richard M.S. Irwin and used with his permission. It is also the theme music for the companion video presentation for Trinity Season. Listeners may benefit from the companion AIC seasonal video series Trinity Tide, the Teaching Season, which is presented in nine episodes, each linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Whitsunday Pentecost and Trinity Season, Anglican traditions of Whitsunday and Trinity, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions and commentary on the collect, epistle, and gospel readings for Whitsunday Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, and all 24 Sundays after Trinity, the collect, epistle, and gospel readings for Sunday next before Advent, and the complex rules and conditions for the transfer of readings from Epiphany season in years with more than 24 Sundays after Trinity are discussed in Episode 9. The date of Sunday next before Advent is movable, being the Sunday immediately before first Sunday in Advent, which is also a movable celebration, which is always observed on the Sunday closest to the feast day of St. Andrew, November 30th. In the Anglican tradition, this day is also known as Stir Up Sunday. For this podcast homily for Sunday next before Advent, the focus is on the stir-up theme often neglected in the modern church. The exact date of the first use of the name Stir Up Sunday is unknown. But in England, in the years after the first Book of Common Prayer, printed in time for Whitsunday Pentecost in 1549 A.D., English children are said to have sung this little song on the way home from church on Sunday next before Advent. Stir up, we beseech thee, the pudding in the pot, and when we get home, we'll eat the lot. It was from this tradition in the mid-19th century that Charles Dickens derived the scene in A Christmas Carol, when the family of Bob Cratchit, employee of Ebenezer Scrooge, gathers around the table to sample Mrs. Cratchit's boiled pudding. In the Episcopal Church in the United States, the revisionists have changed the name to Raise Up Sunday, which does not quite capture the original meaning. The theological meaning of Stir Up Sunday has strong roots in the Old Testament and the New Testament. St. Paul admonished his pupil Timothy with this instruction in 2 Timothy 1, verse 16, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. St. Peter used the same phrase with the same meaning twice, first in 2 Peter 1, 13, 
Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, unquote. And again in 2 Peter 3, verse 11, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. The same imagery is found in the Old Testament in Psalm 80, verse 2. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and save us. And in Psalm 35, verse 23, stir up thyself and awake to my judgment, even unto my cause, my God and my Lord. Both the Old and New Testament references are based on the reality that after a time, we all get a little tired, a little lazy, and we make assumptions about how things will be no matter what we do. The purpose of Stir Up Sunday is to fix our attention upon what we must do to prepare ourselves both for his nativity at his first coming and also for his coming again. The quote for the epistle unquote reading for Sunday next before Advent is Jeremiah 23 verses 5 to 8 a prophecy of the day when the Lord will, quote, raise up unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. The branch referred to by Jeremiah will be called the Lord of our righteousness, which in the King James and New King James texts of the Bible is spelled in all capital letters. Jeremiah's prophecy was incorporated in the 12th century into the great O Antiphon's services for the last seven days of Advent season. The Gospel reading for Sunday next before Advent, John 6, 1-14, is St. John's account of the feeding of the 5,000, which St. John calls by the title sign from the Greek Samian and not miracle as in the King James Version. I discuss these verses in detail in our Bible study video series, New Testament Gospels, episode 30. The final verse, John 6, 14, here in the NKJV text, is a very appropriate closing line for the last Sunday in the church year. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for Sunday next before Advent are available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. First, from the AIC seasonal video series, Advent, a season of penitence and preparation, presented in two episodes, The series includes discussion of the readings for all four Sundays in Advent, a brief account of Archbishop Cranmer's decision to make first Sunday in Advent the first Sunday in each new church year, and Anglican traditions of Advent season. From the AIC seasonal video series, The Great O Antiphons, presented in seven episodes, with one each for the last seven days in Advent, each celebrating a key word in Latin, here also rendered in English, sapientia or wisdom, adonai or lord, radix jesse or root of jesse, 
Clavis David or Key of David, Orion's or Dayspring, Rex Gentium, King of Nations, and finally, Emmanuel. From the AIC Bible Study video series, New Testament Gospels, presented in 45 episodes, my discussion of St. John's account of the feeding of the 5,000 and the importance of the use of the Greek Samian is discussed in episode 39. The other six signs are discussed in episodes 36, 37, and 38. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, first, from the AIC Bookstore Publications in the Gospel of John, Annotated and illustrated, St. John's account of the feeding of the 5,000 is discussed in chapter 6, illustrated with a large watercolor by James Tissot. In chapter 9 of the Gospel of Luke, annotated and illustrated, St. Luke's version of the event is depicted in tempera and gold on parchment from the Gospels of Otto III, produced around 998 A.D. In chapter 6 of the Gospel of Mark, annotated and illustrated, St. Mark's account includes an illumination in colors and gold on parchment from the Oxford Psalter, made in England in the first quarter of the 13th century. The image is paired with the martyrdom of John the Baptist. In chapter 14 of the Gospel of Matthew, annotated and illustrated, St. Matthew's account is illustrated with a rarely seen high-resolution version of an illumination in tempera and gold on parchment from the Codex Aureus of Echternach, produced at Echternach, Luxembourg, between 1030 and 1050 A.D. In occasional services for Anglican worship, the complete text of the Great O Antiphons is printed on pages 23 to 27. In the writing prophets of the Old Testament, Jeremiah's prophecy and other quotations highlighting themes of Jeremiah with many illustrations are featured in part 1, chapter 2, pages 21 to 28 with a text box, Jeremiah and Christian Liturgy. From the prayer book Psalter, History Text and Commentary, Psalm 35, verse 23 is discussed on pages 80 to 82. And Psalm 80, verse 2, is discussed on pages 182 to 183. In the St. Chrysostom Hymnal, hymns to the Holy Trinity not found in the venerable 1940 hymnal are numbers 740 to 750. All the AIC Bookstore publications are available using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.com dot net or directly from my Amazon author central page https colon right slash right slash www dot amazon dot com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. Both closing prayers for this occasion are from the English stirrup Sunday tradition. The first is from a 15th century Sarah Missal, and the second is the collect for Sunday next before Advent, 
which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from a Gregorian sacramentary used in the Church of England. Stir up thy power, we pray thee, O Lord, and come, that through thy protection we may be delivered from the dangers which overhang us by reason of our sins, and through thy liberation of us we may be saved, who livest and reignest with the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forevermore. Amen. And now the collect. Stir up, we beseech thee, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people, that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruit of thy good works, may by thee be plenteously rewarded through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This brings us to the end of the AIC series of podcast homilies for Trinity season and the end of the Anglican Church year. Podcast homilies for Advent, which marks the start of a new church year, begins with the podcast homily for first Sunday in Advent as the church begins its preparation for both the first and second coming of the only begotten Son of God into human history in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.